today's Ag Spotlight episode is sponsored by Energrow. Energrow's oil seed pressing system helps farmers crush their feed costs. The easy way to make fresh, homegrown, high-quality meal plus expeller pressed oil right on the farm. The fully automated Turnkey Crush Pro is easy to set up and run 24-7. To learn more, go to energrow.ca. Spotlight. I'm Chrissy Wozniak. My guests today are from Cubix Energy, a solar installation company that provides solar panels and energy storage throughout the state of California. From Visalia, California, I would like to welcome Jeff Howard, Vice President, and Josh Butt, CEO of Cubix Energy. Welcome, guys. How are you today? Doing very well, Chrissy. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for being here. So can we start off by um, each of you just telling me a bit about your backgrounds and how you got into this industry? Yeah, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and start? Yeah, I actually have been in the energy business for several years. Uh, you know, with the increase in fuel prices going on right now, my, the previous industry I was in for a decade was fuel and renewable energy. So renewable uh, diesel, biodiesel, um, along with typical fossil fuels. And then I've been in the solar industry since joining Cubix for two and a half years now. Being good. And uh, so I I spent uh, around 20 years in food manufacturing, so nothing to do with oh, renewable wow. energy. Uh, but uh, I ran uh, operations and, and quality and continuous improvement in, in the food manufacturing space and then joined Cubix uh, just over two years ago as the CEO. And so uh, it's uh, it's been a, a rapid uh, learning process to understand this uh, the space we call renewable energy. Wow, that's a that's a big change. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So tell me a bit about the company then. How was it started and what's its purpose? Yeah, so uh, it was actually started by uh, three individuals. They were at a McDonald's and uh, decided that um, they wanted to uh, go from just being a sales rep of residential solar and instead with their uh, combined interests and skill sets uh, form a company that could do the actual construction, engineering, procurement, um, and uh, and add um, value to the customer by having influence on the entire value proposition of solar. And so that's where Cubix was born. It's coming up on six years old. Wow. And um, yeah, started from those three individuals. And now we have uh, well over 400 employees and we're in six different states and um, we just keep growing and growing. Uh, you talk about the purpose, um, you know, really uh, solar and renewable energy is important for a lot of different reasons. Number one, it's a means to provide energy independence to individuals and companies. Um, and that energy independence is clean and renewable. So we're, we're removing uh, harmful environmental impacts uh, that that have existed from an infrastructure that we now have technology to replace, um, and but also uh, really at the core is to provide employment for uh, for individuals that want to uh, work hard, feel valued, have a challenge, um, and so us as leaders, we seek to provide a safe and sustainable working environment and an enjoyable working environment for those individuals while providing renewable energy solutions for our for our customers. 
Very good. And so do the systems tie into the state's energy grid or are they standalone systems or do you do both? Um, we have yet to do a, a pure standalone system, although we've come to the next best thing. So all solar uh, connects in in some way, shape or fashion to the grid. Um, uh, but the way that uh, we can create what we call a, a standalone system is through storage. They're essentially adding batteries uh, into a storage system. So whether it be a huge factory that would have a very large uh, storage system or a, a power plant that would have a large storage system, or if it's a battery in your garage at your home, uh, we provide solutions to where uh, the energy that you produce on your rooftop is stored and consumed from that from that storage as a priority, and thus you only use uh, or consume off the grid uh, as needed. I see. Okay. And do people have a choice in which way that they set it up then? Yes, absolutely. Um, the uh, Primarily what people think when they think of energy storage, they think of home backup. Mm-hmm. What happens if the lights go out? Will I have power? Um, but really what we're looking at is to say, what's the total value proposition and, and what's the value of energy independence? If you're able to produce and consume your own power at your own leisure at a fraction of the cost of what it would take to receive that from the power grid, now you're in control. But there's individuals that they simply want to manufacture the power uh, on on their roof, get credit from the power company for that to offset their bill. And we do those all the time as well. Wow. So, you know, you're in California, I'm in Florida, we're in sunny places. What happens in the North, in the Northern states? Uh, surprisingly, they they have uh, they have significant significant amount of sun hours uh, that that make solar uh, still a valuable proposition. Um, the thing with solar is you can make it as big or as small as you want, depending on how many sun hours per year you get. Okay. The more sun hours you get, the smaller typically the system uh, can be. Um, so take Texas for example. Texas absolutely has much more extreme weather than California. Mm-hmm. Um, fewer sun hours in the year. So a normal system size there will, will be about 30% larger uh, than, than a system size in California. Wow. And what about data? Are you able to see and access data from uh, mobile devices and PCs? Oh, yes. That's, that's, cool. that, that's what makes it fun. Uh, the, the tech geek in, in me uh, is, is absolutely... Uh, uh, intrigued with all of that. The, the technology is such that you can see exactly each panel on your roof, mm-hmm. how much it's producing. Did it get any shade? Is it broken? Maybe as, 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 as something happened that I need to uh, go take a look at it. Do I need to wipe off my panels or are they, are they covered in, in, in dirt? Um, uh, but then also there's new technology out that, that we've signed up with a company called span which uh, creates smart main service panels. So gone are the days that you have your, your main panel with your breakers that you switch on and off. And, and uh, if, you, if you have a circuit blow, you kind of go out in the middle of the night, out in your pajamas, trying to figure out which switch <laughs> to toggle. Um, that's all on, your, that's all on your, an app on your really? phone now. And you can say, yep, this is, this is good. This is right. This is wrong. I can, I can see what's consuming the most power. Oh wow, my my kids' uh, lights are still on. 
Well, I guess I can shut those off real quick. <laughs> that's all done in the smart. Panel. Wow. Oh, that's really cool. And you also, I saw on your website, you have a solar calculator. So how does that work? Uh, yeah. So basically, uh, like I was talking about with the sun hours. So to understand in your specific zip code, um, what, uh, what, what you, it, it basically tells you in your zip code, how many sun hours you're going to receive mm-hmm. so that you know how much solar you would have to install in order to offset your normal annual consumption. Okay. So solar, when you go solar, you no longer are tied to a month to month bill. You're tied to an annual bill. Because hmm. in the summer, your system's going to produce way more energy than you can consume. But in the winter, it's probably going to produce less. So they even it out to where you're on an annualized bill. And at the end, they say you produce this much this year and you consumed this much this year. And as long as they offset each other, you're good to go. Very cool. And it also looks like you offer different packages, you know, so not, not everybody can just purchase the whole system, but there's also leasing options. Correct. Yeah. So uh, that that's, that's a typical, so ownership, uh, is is our most popular option, but it does require higher credit scores. Um, it, it it requires um, a uh, a monthly payment associated with debt, mm-hmm. whereas a lease or a PPA d- doesn't require those things. All they require is that uh, you're the homeowner, and that that asset on your uh, on your roof can can produce energy, and and you pay for the energy that is produced as opposed to when you're a homeowner, you, you take on that annual, the annualized bill. Right. So it's for, for all demographics, all, all mixes of, of what's necessary. Very cool. And so what is a Tesla Powerwall? That sounds really cool. <laughs> Jeff, why don't, why don't you take this one? <laughs> uh, it is cool because it has the name Tesla in it, right? Anything Tesla <laughs> is, is cool. Um, but even just starting with the look, they are very, very sleek uh, looking. Most people put them in their garages. Uh, I've seen some very cool photos of individuals who have their Tesla car parked right next to their Tesla battery. And so a, a power wall is a battery and Tesla, just like their vehicles that they make to a very high standard, uh, the power wall is made to a high standard as well. And so this goes back to little bit of what Josh was talking about. Um, a customer is not completely off the grid, but with a battery, they get pretty darn close. Um, they run their, uh, they consume energy off of the solar panels during the day. And then at night, um, if there's enough storage, they can then consume off of the batteries that are in there. And Tesla has a, a very sleek app, as you can imagine, just being very high tech where you can Uh, just see exactly what's going on with your battery, what energy is going to the grid, what energy is coming back to you and how energy is being consumed in your home. Wow. So does this, um, you know, here in the news of the brownouts in California, does this stop that from happening? Like, does that protect you a little bit? It does. It's, and that's a, that's a big seller. Um, you hear the acronym PSOs, power shutoffs, which happened, the, the brownouts in the state in advance of potential fires. And that is what draws uh, customers 
to the system. We do have customers that have purchased whole home backup where they can go for a week or even longer, just cycling back and forth between solar during the day and the batteries at night. And so definitely in those areas of the state, um, there's a high interest in getting storage along with solar. Well, that makes sense. And um, I was reading a little bit that as of the year 2000, California had only 11% of energy from renewable resources. Then by 2018, it had grown to 34% with a goal of 60% by 2030 and 100% carbon-free energy by 2045. So where do you think California is at, is at achieving those milestones? Jeff, why don't, why don't you take the stats from, uh, from CalSA and then I'll, I'll insert my, my opinions there. Uh, let's see, finding the, I don't know the exact stats where we are today in the, um, uh, in achieving, in achieving that goal. Uh, but coming from the fossil fuel industries before California, um, they've done a lot of things to move, uh, and incentivize individuals to go towards just renewable energy. Um, incentivizing the renewable fuels. And now we're talking, you know, the solar energy. Um, Recently, uh, surprisingly in California, there has been some, uh, it wasn't legislation, but some rules that were potentially going to be put in place that would uh, hamper somewhat solar, but that's been pushed back on so that uh, California residents can continue to benefit and uh, enjoy solar and take advantage of the uh, of reducing their utility bills. Um, probably familiar, and this is deviating a little, but energy uh, energy costs in California are significantly higher than elsewhere in the country. You know, the price that we pay per per watt is uh, fairly expensive, and it continues to go up on a regular basis. And so that's another large incentive for Californians to want to go solar so they can really control their energy and, and manage their, their bills, more importantly, what they pay for their energy consumption. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I think achieve, achieving, the, uh, achieving those goals, uh, California has done a good job with, with setting those goals and, and making them very public. They they unfortunately didn't bring everyone to the table to get their commitment to those. Jeff mentioned a a, a, a potential uh, rule that was going to be put into place that would essentially make residential rooftop solar non-existent. Mm-hmm. Um, that was put together by the California Public Utilities Commission. So when you go to set a goal to to be at a certain percentage of renewable energy by a specific date. You can't just do that sitting behind sitting behind a desk. You have to you have to have everyone involved. Uh, the Ca- the California Electrical Commission is on board, but the California Public Utilities Commission is not. So they're going to stand at odds against each other. The, the CEC says, "I I uh, in 2022, all new commercial and uh, and uh, retail and industrial buildings." have to have renewable energy associated with them, either solar or wind. But the CPUC on the other side is saying, we're going to make that cost prohibitive. So without without them on board with each other, we're not going to achieve this goal. And so 
and, and I'm not pointing the finger and saying that the, the, the Public Utilities Commission are bad people. They have a job to do. They're looking at the infrastructure of, of the state and saying, we can only handle so much electricity at any given time. And if there's a lot of production coming during the sun hours, but there's not so much production happening at night, we can't handle that as a grid without significant modification. And who's going to pay for that? We shouldn't tax everyone. We should put a role that that only taxes the people that are putting the solar energy onto the grid. That's their perspective. That's their prerogative, mm-hmm. right, wrong, or indifferent. Yeah. So I, I think what's what's important is uh, we, we have to, this is similar to the water conversation that we have in California. The central Valley does not have, uh, access to sufficient water to be able to, to grow. And, and we produce so much of the countries and the world's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, staples. So if everyone, if the central Valley is calling for more water, but, Northern California is calling for a preserve. Um, those people aren't on the same page. And how can we ever hope to, re- to, to legislate something that will satisfy the needs of both? You have to have everyone around the table and, and have to be able to, uh, to have everyone on the same page. Same thing with renewable energy. That totally makes sense. Are you seeing the same challenges in other states? Not so much. Um Strangely enough, uh, we we see in most states that uh, the utility commissions and the states themselves are working hand in hand. It really depends on this the population and complexity of the grid where we see a disconnect. For example, Florida, the utilities commission there uh, with um, uh, Florida Light and Power just passed a, uh, a regulation for, for their Public Utilities Commission that puts uh, additional cost and constraint uh, on people with residential rooftop solar. Okay. Um, the governor hasn't signed it yet, so it's, it's not yet in place, but um, it, that just goes to show a high population area with a lot of sun that would produce a lot of energy at half the day but then still has high consumption needs at the other half of the day needs to do something to their grid in order to make it sustainable. And who's going to pay for that? You can't tax the people that aren't putting solar on their roof or solar on their factory or solar in their farm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so the utilities commission comes up with this idea to tax the solar, uh, the, the, the solar uh, producers and, makes it very complicated. In order to really achieve energy independence through renewable energy, we have to do something completely different than what we've always been doing, which is, again, another reason why batteries are so important, why storage is so important, because you can manufacture all the energy that you need, and instead of sending it to the grid, you keep it in your home, or you keep it at your on your farm, or you keep it wherever it needs to go, you're not negatively impacting the grid, but you're also not being negatively impacted by the high prices of the energy that you're that you're uh, having to pay. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, and so we we met at the um, the World Ag Expo last last month in California, and uh, 
and, you know, so kind of bringing it back to agriculture there, I've seen some really cool uses for solar panels in agriculture settings. I've seen them to shelter goats and sheep to provide shade and grazing land at the same time. So what ag uses have you guys been seeing and, and been a part of? The, the coolest one that I've ever seen, uh, was, uh, so being in the food industry, I've, I've spent a lot of time out in orchards and fields and farms. Um, there was a massive, uh, almond orchard, um, couple thousand acres worth, uh, of almonds that were under this control where you had a weather control system that told the, um, individual lines of each sector of the orchard, how much to water and when, and it depended on the temperature, the humidity, the moisture content in the, in the soil. And, uh, the whole thing was powered by solar power and, and was truly separate from the grid. There was no, there was no grid application, no grid interconnection there. So if it was a rainy day, the, the system wouldn't power itself, but it didn't matter because it was raining. So mm-hmm. it would default to shut off the water. So, um, that was a really cool, really cool application. They probably had a megawatts worth of solar energy spread throughout this, this farm and no drop of water was wasted in the growing of almonds. And wow. So, wow, that's, that's really incredible. Um, I used to work in the greenhouse industry and so it's a complete controlled environment, right? So that's really neat to see that transitioning to be outdoors too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I've always run my electric fences for my livestock off of solar oh yeah solar units i love them and then you can just pick it up and move it to wherever you need and yeah yeah and and i think there's there's a there's a lot of application anything that you need freestanding energy to mm-hmm. before you start trenching out to that location and finding a main tie-in line start start with uh with with seeing how much solar could uh could intervene um, you know, I know, I know, uh, there's a lot of citrus around where we live and there's been a lot of conversation about converting the, uh, diesel powered fans that prevent the citrus from being impacted by a potential freeze, mm-hmm. um, replacing those with, uh, with electric again, with those large, uh, battery storage items, those could be completely freestanding because they don't need to be connected to the grid. You connect them, you power them with solar you connect them to these large batteries, they can run all night. Wow. I would, I would love to see something like that, bringing, blending two industries together. What I came from before, again, Josh mentioned diesel powered. Mm-hmm. I remember um, they, they only call for fuel during just a few weeks during the year when we get those freezes and wow. you send trucks out and there's often rain accompanied and it becomes dangerous somewhat too, where we get these large fuel trucks stuck in the middle of this citrus orchard and uh, to have those run off of solar would be, uh, would be great for everyone involved. Yeah, I bet that's incredible. And uh, over the last two years has obviously been tough for everybody. Everybody has a story. Uh, So what did, what did you learn in your company over the last two years that's helping you grow now? Jeff, Jeff, you start and then I'll, I'll finish that one. <laughs> uh, may, maybe, maybe a word that a lot of people use, but resilience. Um, I feel fortunate here at Cubix. There, there wasn't a, 
a huge dip down, but we, like many others, had to shift protocol and how we um, how we went about doing business, even from installers to everyone, just how we interacted and got out to the jobs. And we we had things thrown at us left and right, correct? From um, there were times where uh, installers were going to areas of California where almost everything was shut down. There, there weren't even, um, nearly weren't even gas stations open, you know, at least to go inside, um, which created, which created issues, but we found ways to work around that. And, uh, I feel that our teams were resilient and, uh, were able to continue moving forward and, and still doing installation. Fortunately, the solar industry was uh, an essential industry because we are providing energy and we, uh, so that's something that our customers needed and just being a part of that made, uh, allowed us to continue to work, but we definitely had to shift and be resilient and be creative and find ways to still continue working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I'll, I'll echo that for sure. We, uh, I, my, I, got, I received a bachelor's degree in micro and molecular biology with an infinite emphasis in immunology and a minor in chemistry. And here uh-huh. I am in business and, uh, and a CEO of a company. And I never would have thought that something would have come up where, boy, that degree sure came in handy to, to help understand disease spread and, and be ahead of the curve while, while everyone was kind of panicking and trying to understand, well, really, what is a virus and, and why is everyone so scared of this? We were able to sit back and collectively with with knowledge and 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 the the research that was at hand, be able to make decisions for the company uh, to to help keep our employees safe and to help navigate uh, through all these things. In the original outbreak of the virus, we had we had nothing. I mean, we you know thank God that we didn't have any real outbreaks whatsoever uh, within the company. Uh, Delta variant, same thing. We stayed very strong. Omicron, uh, I, I think everyone got it. I, th- I think that was, yeah. I think that was a given that everyone got Omicron, but, uh, yeah. but we were able to stay clear of that. Um, the biggest thing that I, that I have learned and, and a message that I try and, and, and get out as much as possible is, um, we have to do more as a country to, uh, support local, uh, local industry. So, uh, right now, Gas in California is over $6 and it's because of our dependence on, on foreign crude oil. Um, we, uh, we, we, uh, are, are suffering a microchip shortage, which is causing, uh, inflation on all the electronics that we use each and every day and shortages that we use on those. Uh, why aren't we manufacturing those? Um, we, we actually experienced, we, we received, uh, uh, our solar panels from a very reputable, large firm uh, in China that was then discovered to be using uh, slave labor in their supply chain. Oh, wow. And immediately we we shut that off and, and converted to a domestic, a, 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 a panel that was made out of Georgia. Wow. So, um, you know, I, I think as, as a country, there's so much availability for industry that industry can promote um, it can promote uh, more jobs, more diversity in, in the workplace. 
um, and and also help stifle this inflation that, that we're suffering with because we can afford to to take prices down on things if if we have more people uh, going to work every single day making a, an honest wage and an honest paycheck. Mm-hmm. But I just don't. There's not enough of those. There's not enough of those positions out there, and and so people. There's the haves and the haves and the have-nots, and it's unfortunately getting worse. Right. Yeah. Those are some really great points. And and if people want more information about um, what you guys do, where can they find you? Uh, you can go to uh, cubicsenergy.com, and that will inform you all about our our residential space. Um, but for anyone who's who's interested in solar. Uh, on their solar and storage for their factory, their packing house, their farm, uh, anything like that. Um, you can go to uh, Cubix C and I, which stands for commercial and industrial. Okay, and um, that will uh, that will uh, direct you to, to information. You'll see some of the large uh, solar fields. Uh, that that we've been a part of, and some of the solar installations on top of factories that we've been a part of, um, and uh, yeah, you'll be able to get more information there. Excellent. So I have one one last question uh, for each of you. What are you most passionate about? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What what's driving you? I I love so Cubics. We have six core values with uh, Cubics. Uh, each kind of an acronym. Uh, K-U-U-B-I-X. And the X at the end stands for excellence, Chrissy. And uh, I think that's what drives me. I We encourage ourselves and our employees to work hard, work smart, do your best, give your most honest, sincere effort and encourage others to do the same. And that's that's what I like to do. Be, be excellent and be a part of an excellent team. And that's what brings me to work in the morning. I feel like I'm surrounded by capable individuals, people that do want to do their best as well. And I enjoy encouraging others to do their best. And uh, in addition, it's a, it's a good cause where we are allowing individuals and consumers to be energy independent. And for all the reasons that Josh mentioned earlier, it becomes just more, more and more important each year to provide that opportunity for individuals, companies, farmers to gain energy independence. Yeah. And I, I definitely echo that. I, I love providing jobs, love, love, love providing jobs um, and doing so in a safe and enjoyable manner uh, where people actually like coming to work. But I, I think uh, above all that, it, it is, it is important to provide a renewable solution uh, and to provide energy independence, and so I, I really thrill in, in meeting with customers and clients, to show them uh, how they can, uh, how they can become a part of this movement. You know, the electrification of the world is something that that I know ne- I never I never thought I would hear such a thing, but it's it's true that that that's where we're moving and. Uh, the new electric vehicles that are coming out are absolutely amazing, and uh, and and we need to provide an energy source to to uh, to fuel those mm-hmm. in air quotes <laughs> fuel those uh, yeah. those vehicles that that is clean and sustainable, and, uh, and and that's exciting. You know when I when I meet with uh, 
when I meet with a company that the, the there's a large glass uh, manufacturer that has a small city as their plant, and they're they're talking about needing six megawatts to of solar to to power their plant and then have equal amounts of storage to to keep their plant running. Man, that's exciting. That's that's really fun to think that what once was a, was traditionally a, a uh, an industry that that caused a lot of pollution in the air, they've now changed their manufacturing processes to where there there's no more pollution. But now they're looking for their energy consumption to to come from a pollution free and sustainable renewable uh, source. That's fun. That's fun. Not to mention they save money by doing it. It's it's cheaper to go solar than than to purchase off the grid. So. That's a lot of fun. That's what that's what keeps me keeps me passionate is helping people discover those things. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, what a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having us on your program. Yeah. And thanks to everyone who's watching or listening. If you want to learn more, all the links will be provided in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to North American Egg Spotlight on YouTube, Rumble, or Egg Fuse channels. And the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to today's Egg Spotlight episode, where we put the spotlight on people and companies doing great things for the agricultural industry. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, or on your favorite podcasting platform. And give us a five-star review. You can also follow us on YouTube and Rumble to see the video version of Ag Spotlight. Also, head on over to NorthAmericanAg.com to subscribe to our Industry Connect update newsletter. If you're interested in advertising opportunities, email us at connect at NorthAmericanAg.com. Thanks for listening. newest podcast by North American Ag is called What Color Is Your Tractor? The stories behind the ag brands you love and the ag brands you love to hate. Hosted by me, Chrissy Wozniak. We take a deep dive into the companies that have built modern agriculture. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Go to whatcolorisyourtractor.com. Available on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Fastline Auctions, the ultimate destination for online farm equipment auctions. Looking to list equipment? Fastline Auctions knows farmers, and farmers have trusted Fastline for their equipment needs for over 45 years. With unmatched digital reach and direct-to-farmer catalogs, they can find the right buyer for your equipment. Not to mention, they have the industry's lowest commission rates. And if you're looking for equipment to buy, you can bid with confidence. No buyer premiums, no reserves, just integrity. Fastline Auctions, your trusted platform for hassle-free, cost-effective farm equipment auctions. Visit Fastline.com for more information. You can join us for a tour of the Fastline Auctions platform July 13th at 6.30 p.m. To register for this webinar, go to NorthAmericanAg.com slash Fastline hyphen webinar. That's NorthAmericanAg.com slash Fastline hyphen webinar to register now.